Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. All right, hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. And I thought I'd have a little fun with you guys today to talk all about what it's like to learn that my dog is a different breed uh, than I thought he was uh, for the last six years and how that might pertain to uh, what it's like to finally discover that your child is highly sensitive. So I want to cover this, right? So here at MTC, if you've this is your first <laughs> meeting of me listening to me on this particular episode. Uh, we help parents of highly sensitive kids and teens eliminate the daily meltdown cycle and uh, the daily shutdown refusal cycle for teens. So we work with teens and their parents here in, at MTC. And uh, so what that means is that kids are hitting, kicking, biting, throwing things, uh, thinking that life would be better off without them. We help parents break out of that cycle. And, and do that very rapidly. And so um, today, uh, you know, usually what we, what we talk about when I, when I, I, I post a show here is, um, you know, supporting you and breaking out of that pattern and identifying where you might be stuck and, and what you need to focus on to get out of it. Uh, today, we're gonna, we're gonna have a little fun, um, though. <laughs> what I do is always fun for me. Um, but here I thought we would be a little, just kind of take a take a look into uh, understanding more about the reactions that you might be having if your child's highly sensitive. And um, I couldn't help but think of that because I love what I do. And so I always think about the, the work that I do with parents of sensitive kids. And today we got the, the DNA results back from uh, my dogs, um, uh, you know, from the vet. And so he's six, um, he's a rescue. We got him as a puppy and um, he's got black fluffy hair and he's got this gorgeous little tuxedo chest it's i'm serious it's like a v on his chest it's adorable and then he's got a um a michael jackson paw so this dog is about um 50 ish pounds if we're doing our job right um that's his healthy weight around there and um he's a ball of energy. And so we've always thought that he was part golden retriever and uh, part border collie because he's also um, obsessed with balls, like just, just hunts, like you cannot put a ball down for this dog um, in front of him because he, he won't quit. He just will not quit. And um, he's got some herding capabilities, uh, does wants to make sure that he's around his people. Um, and, and just is, is a love bug too. So he's definitely part of the family. He's our first child. <laughs> um, we have a five-year-old human child as well. And, um, so yeah, his name is Porter and he's amazing. And, um, 
all these years, uh, you know, we I saw his litter mates, the his brothers. It was a whole litter of just boys. I, if I remember correctly, um, and two of them looked like golden retriever puppies. So growing up, I had a yellow lab. Her name was Bailey, and um, and so and you know I've seen a golden retriever puppy puppy before, <laughs> uh, so I could tell the difference. Uh, they were fluffier, so I was like, okay, well he's definitely got um, this golden retriever in him, and um, but you know he he looks completely different. He looks way more like a border collie. So all these years we were just thinking it was that plus maybe flat coat retriever, which is like. Uh, you know, I'm not a breeder, but in layman's terms to me, it's like the, the black version of a golden retriever, but more ball obsessed and faster. <laughs> those are here. Those are the key points. So we were thinking those, those three brands, you know, uh, breeds, I mean, um, three or four, right? Lab, because he's just super friendly, super trainable, very smart. Um, golden, because of what his brothers look like. Otherwise, I would have kicked that breed out as irrelevant. Um, Border Collie. And... Um, you know, because the coloring and because of the herding capabilities. And then, um, and then this flat coat retriever is another option for why he might be black. Um, and his hair, like I said, is, is fluffy. It's, it's kind of like um, the light version of a Bernice mountain dog, which is truly my favorite kind of dog. Um, those dogs don't live long. And I don't think I could put my heart through that. <laughs> um, which is why we went through a rescue and just found this beautiful dog who's a little bit smaller, better for my husband was his first dog. So easier for us to choose um, for that, uh, for that first experience as well. Um, and then, you know, rescues tend to hopefully uh, live longer. That's our, that's our, that's our vision for our, our puppy. And so anyways, long story short, he's an intelligent, adorable nut. Um, first couple minutes just loses his mind whenever he meets new people and um, he's six now so our lab grew out of that when she was like four probably um, growing up I remember uh, her you know we would joke that she would just lick, lick strangers to death and that's how that would scare them away um, but our dog will like startle you <laughs> <laughs> um, so he reminds me a lot of a highly sensitive child who can be high sensation seeking at, 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 um, at times, right? Just so full of joy. And we know that the highly sensitive trait is found in over 100 different species. So I'm not going to rule it out that my dog's highly sensitive. Sensory processing sensitivity is a personality trait, guys. It's a temperament trait, right? And so for six years, I have thought that my good dog is is um, is is these breeds, right? Um, and today I found out a different story, and I want to kind of uh, speak about this. There's there's some different flavor to to what happened. Uh, now, as a parent, when you're thinking your kiddo is uh, run of the mill, eighty percent of the population, not highly sensitive, didn't even learn about the trait to begin with, right? Um, and you stumble across many times, uh, we're the first ones that you hear from. Um, but you might've read a blog or, or learned about the trait from a neighbor or what have you heard from the teacher, pediatrician, whatever, stumbled into, um, Elaine Aaron's book, um, the sensitive child, uh, cause she, she coined the term. Um, then that whole experience of, of finally feeling like you understand your kid can be one, 
way to uh, to experience the unlocking of, of the, the highly sensitive personality trait information in your brain, uh, learning all about it, uh, understanding that highly sensitive people experience the world differently. They make up 15 to 20 percent of the population. That in and of itself, perceiving your child to be a minority uh, can be worrisome for you if you don't understand uh, that a minority in a personality trait is um, is, is not a bad thing, um, that your child's not run-of-the-mill uh, regular or average is a great thing, uh, but only if you know how to manage not only your disappointment, but how to lead uh, your child with this temperament type, right? So when, uh, when you might have, have um, opened up this information, um, you know, I'm going to use my example, I got an email the lab results are due, like here, the DNA results are here, right? Um, I opened up the email, I, I finally found the time to log in because I could only access it through my computer, <laughs> uh, which means I, I didn't get to it quickly. <laughs> um, so today's the day. And um, uh, and so when, when you get that information and you start to learn more about what your child fits in and where, where your child might be getting some of these personality traits. And it's not just because you're stubborn or your, your spouse is stubborn, uh, or it's not just because um, your, your child is, has been raised for the last one and a half years, two years in a pandemic, right? Um, it's not just because they finally uh, worked with a teacher who, who um, uh, is more rigorous, right? For those of you who are parenting kids just hopping into third grade, typically we get that response uh, from parents thinking that it's just because school got harder, that their child has shifted how they show up in the world, how they uh, relate to challenges, how they communicate their needs. Um, so if the environment, though, might have changed and um, isn't the reason why your child is dealing with big emotions and has been uh, for their entire life, and now it's highlighted. Uh, that can be a a mind blowing experience, right? And so, uh, one of my team members today, uh, who, uh, Devin, who's now a, a, um, a who you know a former client, um, is now a breakthrough coach on our team. She helps. She ha- has the had the coaching experience and and decided to work with us. Um, had the coaching experience prior prior to being a client. She was ex- she was describing the experience that she had uh, diving into our um, in, into what we have to say into to all of our uh, videos and, and um, getting into the Facebook group, listening, reading to reading our emails, etc. Right, and so all of the messaging that we share and what our mission is here, uh, Devin was sharing that for her, it was a mind blowing experience because finally the challenges that they were dealing with with their child was um, unlocked. Somebody was able to add it all up and put it all together, right? And so when you as a parent are finally coming into, um, into this awareness that your child is now highly sensitive and you might be experiencing all of the feelings around that, I want to talk about that in relationship to how I feel about learning about my dog, (laughs) right? My dog's personality, right? So my kid, she's also highly sensitive. I'm certain about that. But I knew about this personality trait before I discovered my kid was highly sensitive because this is my professional expertise. And so as I raised my child, 
um, you know, my husband and I too, um, right? But um, as as we were raising our daughter, we did not. She's she's uh, she doesn't experience daily meltdowns. She does experience big emotions and is highly compassionate and empathetic and very bright as well. And so for us, uh, sensory sensitivities weren't uh, such a big challenge for for our daughter. And so it's important for me to not have tunnel vision as a professional and peg my kid to fit into this only one mold that I see all, you know, a lens uh, through all children through the same lens, right? So as I'm raising my child, the jury was out for a little while. Uh, about 18 months is when I was able to observe that it was highly likely she was highly sensitive and, and fits somewhere on that personality spectrum. Um, again, this is not a diagnosis. This is a personality trait, a temperament type. And so what that means is that there's uh, different qualities for every human who's highly sensitive. And uh, my sister's highly sensitive, so it's not unheard of that the, the trait, given the fact that it's genetic, uh, would be relevant for my kiddo. And, um, and, and one could argue that, that there are highly sensitive people on my husband's side of the family. Um, and so with that being said, for, for where she's at and where she, how she communicates with the world, um, given, her, um, given her communication style and the fact that I know what, what, I, what I know in terms of managing big emotions and helping kids move through them systematically in parenting, we didn't see the big emotional challenge for our kid because pretty good at what I do. Um, and then it was just a matter of helping my husband stay consistent because he's not an expert in parenting. Um, and so be, for that reason, um, my personal experience parenting is, uh, is different than what you might be experiencing if you're stuck in the meltdown cycle. Um, but for you, for, so that's why we're using my, my, uh, my example of, of my puppy, my doggy Porter. Um, in this, in this experience, because I didn't have an aha moment for my kid. I just had a, we'll see how this is going. And I know what I do works for sensitive kids and non-sensitive kids alike. So we're good either way. So, uh, for Porter on the, on the other side, you know, we knew he, he was, uh, he, he's highly intelligent we knew we needed to keep him busy. We knew we needed to train him well and, um, to do that really effectively. But I had this framework that he was a border collie um for my entire parent puppy parenthood i was clear to me i was certain about it right um and so guys drum roll right spoiler alert you probably put two and two together guess what um he, he might not be a border collie <laughs> we got some pretty good results so he's 25 percent uh lab lab retrieve labrador retriever um 12 and a half percent english cocker spaniel which was not on my radar, but when I saw that, it explains the adorable, fluffy, curly, semi-curly, wavy hair. Um, it's not it's soft, right? Like Cocker Spaniel's hair is, um, but he's a bigger dude. So I was like, I was, I was surprised by that. He's, you know, he's 50 pounds, um, about the size of a small, like smaller statured um, border collie. Or, or, you know, border collie that doesn't have like the, some of those border collies will have the adorable corgi type stumpy legs. <laughs> um, but mine looks more like lab stature, um, but, you know, short enough to be 50 pounds and not look like a greyhound. And so, um, 
And then 12 and a half golden retriever. So equal English Cocker Spaniel and golden retriever. Um, and then 12 and a half equal uh, Parson Russell Terrier. And then 35, 37 and a half percent um, mixed breed, which herding, sporting, and Asian breeds all kind of jumbled into that 40%, like less than 40%. So it's not a small um, number, that 40% where Border Collie could fit in. But um, my mind was blown, guys. <laughs> my puppy is potentially like where he gets all his um, snuggly and, and happy and affection is Lab and um, Cocker Spaniel, um, you know, plus the, the Gold Retriever, right? Um, but then the ball, ball hoggedness <laughs> is in um, this Parson Russell Terrier, which is similar to Jack Russell, but I just learned. Uh, <laughs> here it is, guys. May be difficult to disengage from an activity or behavior, bark or chase. <laughs> um, and that's where the ball, the ball thing. Uh, Parks and Russell Terriers enjoy tennis ball retrieving, agility. My dog can, we call him a kangaroo. Um, he lit, So our daughter, uh, she just turned five, so for her fifth birthday, we got her this loft bed. It's like not as high as a bunk bed height for, you know, a teenage loft bed, but it's like the kid size loft bed. And um, there's like a tent underneath it so she can uh, play under there, AKA hide her toys from, from my site so I don't have to look at the floor. Um, and, <laughs> and so our dog, when, she, when he, uh, she got up there for the first time, he literally launched himself, launched himself onto it. Like no need, like no, um, there was no running start. He literally bounded onto like a medium-sized lafette. It's got to be, um, she has to crouch to get in there, but it's like, it's got to be at least four feet off the ground. It was incredible. <laughs> um, so we've always joked that he's a kangaroo dog. So I thought it was the Border Collie. And, um, you know, so there's lots of reasons to, to expect him to be, to be a Border Collie. Um, so I had disappointment, guys. I was disappointed that he wasn't what I thought he was. That, that my picture frame of how I viewed my doggy um, was inaccurate. And how many of you parents of sensitive kids have been down this rabbit hole of thinking that your kid just has ADHD because they're inattentive at school, right? Just considering your kid to be flighty when in reality they're sensitive and they're taking all of the world into play, right? Sensory processing sensitivity. They're just trying to figure out how to categorize it. Your child can report to you what's going on because they're taking it all in, but they're overwhelmed by it, right? Rather than inattentive, okay? Which can lead to a different label. We think about supporting highly sensitive kids and not mislabeling them with a mental health diagnosis. For me, mislabel wasn't just, uh, you know, I mean, you could label your kid with a, with a flighty temperament type, right? And not even go down the rabbit hole of, seeing if your kid fits ADHD, inattentive type. Um, but for you, when you're coming across this information or for your spouse if you're, or your co-parent and they're coming across this information, you might've felt relief, but your spouse or co-parent might've felt confusion, denial, right? Discounting. And that's what I, where I felt uh, initially going through this whole thing. And, and, um, and so I wanted to just kind of do a play on how this experience is human, right? Um, but it doesn't mean 
that you get to live in a delusional world, right? So when I go down, I scroll down to this 37.5%, um, the herding, they, they like ordered it, herding, um, <laughs> my dog, <laughs> out of the herding categories, one, two, three, four, there are four likelihoods and they ordered it, a four. <laughs> His first herding category is German Shepherd, <laughs> which like, Aside from his bark, because he's he tells people it's his house, um, he definitely does that. But he does that with like the waggiest, wiggliest, like his whole body wiggles. Like there is no protective bone in his body. <laughs> um, and and so it just like the border collie was number four. <laughs> German Shepherd, Great Pyrenees, which is hilarious because he's not big but he's fluffy and I love the fluff so that um that's awesome and then Australian cattle and those doggies can be super nervous um and and you know hurting like nuts and and um and need a lot of I mean they have a ton of energy um as well and so um can you tell I did the training for my dog and I like was best buds with the trainer learned a lot about different breeds and so um yeah, complete and utter um, surprise to me that of the 40%, um, the fourth possible option in the, the, that, what is that? So 40%, there's three kinds of dogs, uh, herding, sporting, and Asian, that my dog um, makes, that, that makes up my, the last 40% of my dog. And so 30% of 40, what's that? 40 divided by three. 13%. Okay, so of the 13%, 13% herding, and then he's got a 3% chance of being a border collie because um, of that 33.33 repeating percent chance of being a border collie because, you know, in order, he's mo much more likely to be... Um, uh, to be German Shepherd, right? It's a good thing I'm recording this on my computer. I can do the math with a, with a calculator. <laughs> ah, what? <laughs> to go from like, no, he's definitely lab and border collie, like probably like 50, 50, 60, 40, like, you know, maybe, maybe definitely max in, in all of those numbers. And then to go to the awareness that it, there's a 3% potential that my, my dog is border collie. And again, I'm not a statistician, so I could be messing up those numbers, but that's where I'm going, right? Um, I do like to look at the data. <laughs> I do like to run the numbers um, and, and, and pay attention to that when I'm considering odds of getting the results I want. And here I have it that my dog is, I have a 3% chance of likelihood that my dog is actually the kind of dog that I thought he was. And so I felt all of these emotions. I felt this emotion of, nah, can't be true, right? What I spend this money on? He's six, so like obviously it was like a pretty low priority for us to do that. Um, but you know, here's the deal: there was a reason for it. He ended up with one of those fatty um, polyps on his in his armpit. It's like the size of a um, like a marble. It was small, um, but I took him to the vet and 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 asked, you know, what what is this? Please test it. Do the whole shebang. He's my first child 
um, take care of it, right? Let me make sure. Don't I don't want the guess of what it probably is. Um, so she, you know, she performed the biopsy and says so just a fatty polyp. It's likely because he's lab. Uh, he's probably got some lab in him. Um, and those dogs, you know, as long as it doesn't impact the mobility, grow to the point where it impacts the mobility. Um, we just kind of let it be. I remember having the yellow lab. Uh, she was a, a bred dog. Um, my parents got her from a breeder and growing up she would have, um, you know, different weird things on her skin. We would just check it out with the vet, right? Um, so that's not out of its wheelhouse for me, um, but I wanted to make sure, but that was the reason, right? There was a problem and I went to go figure it out. So then I said, okay, well, let's, let's do the DNA test just to make sure there's no other breeds where there's weird random predispositions um, to be, you know, to be noticing for this doggy. Um, he came out clear. And I want to sp speak about that for highly sensitive kids too, right? Because when you know how to capitalize on your child's big emotions in a way that leads them, capitalize, not manipulate. Let's make sure you understand that. When your child is experiencing big emotions and you understand how to break down um, the intensity in a way that helps your child dissipate that intensity, disintegrate that intensity, ride the emotional roller coaster rather than feel like they're hanging from the rafters of it. Okay, they're buckled in, they know it. Then what you get to do is you actually get to help your child, here's my capitalized word, control that roller coaster, change the speed, change the height of the peaks and valleys, okay, level them out, and then get back on into the driver's seat of that roller coaster if they perhaps take a chance um, at, at taking a detour. That's what I mean. When you know how to manage your child's big emotions from the framework, the picture frame of how you look at your kid, then you get to parent them in a way that helps them feel in control of their big emotions in control of noticing how their sensitivities impact their ability to manage their big emotions and then advocate for their needs so that they feel powerful and empowered in any environment and then as a result they feel more flexible they feel more capable and they stop looking at challenges as problems and they start looking at challenges as things that they can handle and opportunities for growth and when you think about what is important in that, first and foremost, is your ability to notice, okay, and decide. My kid's highly sensitive. There's a set way to solve this problem. It works repeatedly for hundreds of people. So therefore, let me take a look at what works. Let me stop thinking my dog is a border collie. And let me start raising my dog, <laughs> training my dog. I forgot, I forgot about it, I had to go look it up. Like a Parson Russell Terrier, <laughs> right? Let's look at that breed and figure out how did, how was it bred, what were people bred, what, were, what did people breed this dog for, and then how to support him so that he can stay being that nut for the first couple of minutes, right? Um, of saying hi to everybody, but so we're not necessarily talking about training, beating, dog treating, the intensity out of him. 
um, but keeping him engaged, keeping him focused, and keeping him feeling like he could be the awesome best friend dog that he is. And so when we think about being able to do that for your kid, right? Not that your kid's your dog <laughs> and just there to perform for you and keep you company, right? But what we're talking about is being able to support your child into being their own human who knows who they are and who knows what they're capable of and that that capacity is not from the framework of a weakness it is not from the perspective of being a minority and that that's a bad thing, right? But that that's a unique thing and that you're, it helps your child understand them and not feel like they are alone in this world. You need to be able to notice that you have the information you need and now you get to act on it. That's your opportunity, okay, as a parent. Your child will not break out of the meltdown cycle if you are not able to own the understanding of this realization. And that realization can be relevant in terms of aligning with everything that we teach and talk about, right? Because if the pictures that we paint, that I paint on, on these shows here, uh, feel like I've got a, a window into your soul or, or a camera in your house, there's a reason for that. Right? We've helped hundreds of families break out of this pattern in the coaching company and we help hundreds of families break out of this pattern every year in the group private practice that I run. This is my specialty. It's something that the whole team has expertise on and uh, they've been trained by yours truly. And so if that's the case, uh, then you need to understand that if people are speaking your language, then maybe you should listen to it and, and learn what language we're speaking, right? All right, so I'm gonna go tell my parent, my, my family the good news. Talk to my husband, he's traveling today, but um, call him and say, guess what? Now we know what dog our dog is. <laughs> because I've already moved through the, the weird sadness about it. I've already decided how um, we're gonna tell my kids so she can move through her own emotions about it. Uh, because she's been telling everybody that Porter is a Porter Collie. A Porter Collie is what she calls it, being in, being five. Um, and so we're going to have to help her, support her in, in, in changing that story. It's not a Porter Collie anymore. <laughs> um, or, you know, the likelihood of that is just simply uh, very rare. Um, unlikely, right? And so um, we'll get to share that news and, uh, and she'll be able to handle it. And... Um, we'll be able to, to help our, our pupper doggo. And I support you guys in uh, noticing that if this is something that you think you need help with or that your spouse or co-parent needs help with, then head on over to our website, you know, MeganThompsonCoaching.com. I'll put the link um, on this uh, episode for you to, to click because it's, is my child highly sensitive? There's hyphens in between every word, so I'm not going to spell it out for you. Uh, but we'll make sure that it's in the show notes, it's in the, the link of this post, wherever you find us here today. And um, so that you have that, so you understand where your child's personality trait fits. Uh, so you can, you can stop labeling your kid with something that's ineffective or um, for the, you know, for the most part, you know, could be damaging if it's not the right fit, right? Um, and, and so I, I wish you well in learning all about that and understanding that. And if you're stuck in the meltdown cycle and you need help getting out of it and you already know your kid's highly sensitive, then go over to our masterclass, go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps, 
or five steps underscore teen if you're parenting a high schooler, U.S. high school and um, age, 14 to 18 in high school. We work with that age range for a teen program with teens and parents together. Parents of kids, uh, your best effort is, is met in terms of shifting out of this dynamic is met where you are the conduit for your child's change. And so we work directly just with parents because that's what works and that's what's most effective uh, in breaking out of this cycle. So um, there we go, okay? Uh, go to those, those uh, go check out those free trainings, learn more about what actually works to break out of this challenge and make a decision. Make a decision that your kid fits the personality trait and then dive in to what is relevant for that, okay? I uh, wish you well, have a great day, and I uh, hope you had fun learning all about my puppy. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.